The U.S. stocks and bonds are down on looming debt ceiling talks in the U.S. and hawkish vibes from the latest Federal Reserve Minutes released yesterday. The U.S. dollar is up and other major currencies and gold are down. Now, happily, NVIDIA's 25% jump after the results gives something to cheer to investors today. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. So unsurprisingly, the U.S. stocks and bonds fell yesterday as the U.S. politicians still didn't seal a deal to raise the debt ceiling in the U.S. into the June 1st deadline. And the Fed minutes showed dissatisfaction with the speed at which inflation slows in the U.S. The Federal Reserve wants to either keep the interest rate steady at the current levels or further hike the interest rates to continue their battle against inflation to bring it down to the 2% level. And the funny thing is... Well, inflation is good for reducing the national debt. And back in the 1940s, actually, after the World War II, the U.S. Treasury had forced the Federal Reserve's hand to keep the interest rates at relatively low levels to tackle the exponentially rising national debt. And the U.S. has been successful in reversing the exponentially rising debt trend, along with the strong demographics, obviously, and a solid post-war growth in the economy. But today, well, things are quite different. The central bank independence actually rules out any divine intervention from the U.S. Treasury to keep that debt-to-GDP ratio in control in the U.S. And the Federal Reserve is really, really not helping to, well, slow the U.S. debt burden with its fight against inflation. And now, Fitch also threatens to cut the U.S. AAA rating as the political theater around this debt ceiling. Uh, talks has real-life implications for the U.S. economy, for the world economy, and for investors also. Altogether. Now, JP Morgan now says that the US default risk is up to 25%, whatever default means for them. And US T bills maturing on June 6th are now yielding about 6.5% mark, while those maturing by the end of this month are just yielding around 3%. So that's a big, big gap. And besides the fact that the US could actually default on its payments as soon as, well, in a couple of weeks from now, no one really knows what default would really, really look like to bondholders. Will the bondholders of the potentially defaulted U.S. bonds lose it all? Will they just lose a couple of days of payments? And, you know, the life will just carry on with not much losses. What will be the legal implications of that? I mean, no one wants to take the risk or the headache until a debt ceiling deal is reached in the U.S. So anyway, that's the thing, really. Nothing is moving right now, but the risks are going higher. The happily, Nvidia came to spice up things on the good side yesterday by easily but easily beating both earnings and revenue expectations in the first quarter of this year and the shares soared nearly 25% in the after hours trading on relief that well, investors were not fully wrong on betting that Nvidia would be the winner of the AI craze of the beginning of this year as its chips are actually well suited for training these AI machines by bombarding them with 
data. So Nvidia will continue its journey to the moon. The shares were actually down by something like 70% between the November 2021 all-time high and October 2022 dip. And well, today, not only that the shares recovered all of the 70% of losses recorded last year, but they will be hitting a fresh record at today's trading session. What a comeback, really. And well, Nvidia's good shape is not true for the other chip stocks, unfortunately, because look, analog devices was one of the biggest losers of yesterday's trading session. The shares were almost down by 8% after the company provided weaker than expected guidance for the next quarter. But anyway, Nvidia's 25% jump after hours actually pushed Nasdaq futures up overnight, but the rising US yields on these hawkish Federal Reserve commands and the hawkish minutes and the debt ceiling saga, which now turns into a credit downgrade threat for the US, are not necessarily supportive of further and easy gains. Now, the US two-year yield is pushing steadily higher below the full 40% level, while the probability of a June rate hike in the US has now risen to around 30%. And there is even the talk that if the Fed decided to pose in June, well, it will still raise the rates in July. So this is what people talk about when they say the Fed will maybe hop in June. And today, the US GDP is expected to confirm a 1.1% growth in the first quarter in the US and a rise in PC prices to 4.2% in the first quarter from 3.7% printed a quarter earlier. Now, higher price pressures will certainly boost the Federal Reserve hawks and that, regardless of well, slowing growth and potentially loosening jobs market in the US. So all this is reflected in a better appetite for the US dollar these days. The US dollar index is now preparing to test a minor Fibonacci resistance to the upside that's near the 104 level. And the euro dollar is just a couple of peps to its own 23.6% Fibonacci support on its September to May rebound in prices, which actually stands near the 107.30 level. Now, a fall below this level should actually pave the way for further weakness in the euro dollar toward the 105 psychological level, where stands the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement, which should distinguish between the continuation of the actual positive trend that's building since last September and a bearish reversal. But we are not there just yet because a ceiling deal in the US could actually actually easily reverse the wins in the US dollar and direct capital out of the greenback well as soon as it is reached because the FX moves of well these days are mostly driven by the US dollar appetite then well, anything else. And this is exactly why Cable's positive push yesterday following that scary inflation report remained actually short-lived. I mean, you know, food price inflation advanced to an eye-watering level of 19% last month, while core inflation hit 6.8%. So that's the highest level since 1992. But even though the UK inflation came just as another slap on the Bank of England's face and obviously the hawkish bets that the Bank of England's policy rate will now peak at around 5.5%. Well, K 
cable slipped to the lowest level since the beginning of this May, but the United Kingdom's two-year yield jumped almost 6% yesterday after the inflation data and is now getting closer to the levels we saw back during the stress mini-budget chaos. So just saying, elsewhere in the FX, well, traders just can't have enough of shorting the Japanese yen against the US dollars as well. The dollar yen is now about to hit the 140 psychological mark in a very, very short period of time. The divergence between a still hawkish Federal Reserve to fight inflation in the US and the sleeping Bank of Japan despite the rising inflation in Japan well pushes the spread between the US and Japanese bonds to highest levels since March, meaning that buying dollar yen or shorting the Japanese yen against the US dollar continues to make perfect sense for short-term traders. In the commodity space, well, gold remains surprisingly unreactive to the US debt ceiling saga these days and is now down to $19.57 per ounce level, strong US dollar appetite and rising US yields, which increase the opportunity cost of holding the non interest bearing gold actually way heavier apparently in gold traders decision trees than the rising risk of a US default into the June 1st deadline and very very frankly those who actually bought Nasdaq during this US debt ceiling saga have clearly clearly been better off than those who bought the safe haven gold and unfortunately i have not much explanation for this in the energy space while well, crude oil tested the 50-day moving average level to the upside yesterday after saudi prince bin salman said that oil shorts actually should watch out before the next opec meeting that's due on june 3 and june 4. now some oil traders think that bin salman led jump in oil prices was surprising the week but but the thing is, nothing really prevents OPEC from adjusting its decision on June 4th to send crude oil prices significantly higher after the meeting. The question is, could any gains in crude oil prices led by an OPEC decision be sustainable or are the price rallies just good for shorting oil, betting a return toward the $70 per barrel level on the US crude on recession woes and well, disappointing Chinese reopening story. And if you actually ask the audience on Market Talk, it's rather the second option, just short the rallies. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardishke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and interesting comments. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading